You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. Say hello to my little friend. To infinity and beyond. Like tears in rain. On Wednesdays we wear pink. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Tears looking at you, kid. You talking to me? You're gonna need a bigger boat. You'll always have Paris. Hello and welcome back to Films and Friends. My name's Josh. I am joined as ever by Tobias. Yeah, hello. I am here remotely. We are no longer about a metre and a half apart. We are, what, three, four hundred miles apart? Yeah, roughly, seeing as uh, we are at opposite ends of the country. And honestly, I, I, I miss the studio. I miss hanging out with you. It's been It's been now over a month since we've last seen each other. That's true, actually. I didn't think of it like that. Also, my room at home is much colder than the studio. I never thought I would miss how unbelievably hot that studio is but i am really cold that that studio is bloody hot everyone we always have to warn people because the worst days we've had it's been about what one degree outside so people will come in with maybe thermal trousers thick socks uh sweaters upon jackets and they'll sit in the studio and just start cooking so yeah the <laughs> yeah. bit of fresh air literally yeah, no, I was at a training session where I had about six people in there, and within about half an hour, it was literally like saying a sauna. It was unbelievable. But yeah, so to take it back to Films and Friends, uh, this is the first episode of Series 2 of the show. Yes, we we have recapped, well, recapped, we have closed Season 1, and we are now starting Season 2. And I think we've kind of had this fortunate timing, almost, with how we thought we were going to structure the season yeah definitely i think so the original plan was for us to do the entire year of a show every week and have a different sort of friend on to talk about film and everything and i think it was coming to its sort of natural conclusion we did have a lot of people on and i think i enjoyed every episode as much as i don't think we really had any sort of weak episodes in our sort of um catalogue yeah basically it's just that that it it felt, I never felt forced doing it. It always came naturally. It always, it was always fun. That was the main thing I wanted from the show. I wanted it to be fun every time I recorded. And it was, it was fun every single time. Yeah, I think having people on that we knew quite well as well definitely sort of helped with that. Because it, most of the time, you've, I, I don't know if you felt the same way, but I felt like when I was having these conversations with people, I almost, it was almost like we forgot that we were recording. It was, we could have been anywhere. We could have been sat in a park talking about it. We could be yeah anywhere yeah the natural flow of conversation was 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 there and i guess that's what we set out to do i will we'll go over that a bit later in the show but in terms of um, why we're starting season two i think for us both mainly it is sort of that idea of not necessarily changing the show in its entirety but maybe trying to kind of explore different areas and i think what you sort of put on your tweet when you were sort of looking for more sort of guests for this season I think one of the things we do want to focus on is going a bit more global yeah so we we had a couple restrictions from where we were recording so recording from the studio although it was great for people in Manchester or students because you literally just drop in in between lectures and have a professional grade studio the issue with that was that it was it, it just it gravitated towards students and made it very difficult to get people who weren't students on the show. And yeah, it just kind of naturally became this student-focused. And our goal when we sat down and planned 
before the first episode ever came out and we planned out the show, we were looking at the format to be flexible so we could apply it to anyone. So say we, we were interviewing a, a film director or someone who organizes film festivals or another podcast host or, as we've done, students. Our questions are applicable to everyone and we can get a different conversation out of everyone. Yeah, I think that's definitely yeah, I think that's definitely something that we aimed for was that our sort of the sort of tagline that was sort of in my head when we started was it is the ultimate film podcast for people who don't like film podcasts because it I thought the strength of it really was that accessibility where it was really just people talking about films they like. It wasn't that we had to go into sort of the minutiae of detail of why Blade Runner is the greatest depiction of a dystopian society ever committed to film. It was that someone could come on and say, oh, I really like Blade Runner because I watched it with my dad when I was a kid and it's one of the things we bonded over. It's one of his favourite films and he remembers it from the cinema. Yeah, there's only so much you can bring up about a film when you're talking about it, technically. Sure, some films have a lot of interpretations and, and, and different explorations, but some films... They're done and dusted. Everyone knows what Blade Runner is. Everyone knows how important it is. No one really cares if someone's going to come on and talk about Blade Runner once again because it's, oh, the the peak of cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the way we do it, the, the, the person-to-person story, that's what makes it fun. It just... Everybody has their own stories to do with certain films, and maybe some people you you realize that I don't know you were scared of a certain Disney character, and you find out that someone else was also scared of a Disney character, and that just it 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 makes it doesn't make people more human. It just makes films closer to the humans that watch them. Yeah, I think a lot of sort of watching film, I think it can be, for a lot of people, it is kind of that level of escapism. And I think that that does have, it does have that kind of emotional impact on people. And I think sort of tapping into not necessarily why on an objective level a film is good, although that is obviously an important area of film criticism, but it's also sort of sort of looking at the films through the lens of personal experiences because it's very easy to say things about so the film so one of the examples of something we talked about i think was with Maisie was uh, monster house and on a critical level is monster house a great children's film not really but the fact that all three of us had seen it and were absolutely terrified by it when we were younger and we can sort of talk about that and people listening might have seen it as well i think that adds a lot more richness to the conversation around film than just saying, oh yeah, it's kind of like a middling uh, child child's view of a horror film. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's that uh, elitist snobby <laughs> in reading a film that really gets to people sometimes. And the fact that we can avoid that or just translate that into a, a different type of conversation that I think is what we excel out on the show yeah definitely I think that yeah that is I think that really does sort of encapsulate the idea of the show is to look at films perhaps not from a critical lens but through the lens of people's lives and I think that as well although that does sound perhaps like when you just say it like that it sounds like it could be very surface level of, oh, I like this film because I watched it when I was a kid and I enjoyed it whereas I think 
it does allow for a level of introspection as well because there are sort of the the sort of basic concepts of films so something i wanted to talk about and something that people did bring up was that element of uh, representation through film so it was people who had seen things like uh, mulan and that the first ever sort of asian disney princess in sort of inverted commas that sort of thing is really interesting to me and as someone who hasn't ever because i am sort of white and male like every film i watch there's someone who sort of represents my sort of world view to pretty much a fairly good extent i mean ryan gosling in every role is is literally you like you see him on screen you're like this is literally me i mean i'd hope not in some certain films <laughs> i think i'm i think i'm as, I'm as emotionally stunted as uh, the guy in drive <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're not do not worry about that but yeah i think that's the i think that's it i think that adding that level of conversation and sort of adding that level of a look at a film because that is the thing is that nobody nobody who hasn't come from sort of that viewpoint is gonna sort of look at certain films and say oh that film's really important to my childhood because they're, they're, they're arguably not great like Mulan isn't the greatest Disney film and I don't think many people would say it is but if that was your first view of an Asian character in a cartoon sort of your worldview and someone who looks like you on the big screen then to you that's going to be a defining cinematic moment in your life and the fact that we can talk about that and sort of hopefully help other people to see that as well I think that's a really important thing to be doing. Yeah and I I want to say something that really is, is, is being coincidental is that thankfully we live in a very diverse city Manchester and we attend a very diverse university because the University of Manchester is very diverse and we, we've been very fortunate to have friends from all walks of life and from all over the globe come study at the at our uni so and we've become friends with them, which is why we've had such an interesting selection of people on the show. They're just the people that we meet uh, on a daily basis. But I do see how that can be a struggle for some shows when, you know, some some shows, maybe if they're in very rural areas, they're going to have a very specific set of guests available to them. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that is definitely a, a conversation or for a lot of podcasts. And I don't think that, and I think obviously the the level of representation in podcasting is is that stereotype of the podcasters are straight white men in their twenties, and we are sort of we're we're not doing much to dispel that to be in our to to our detriment to an extent. But I think that that is a very sort of basic look at it, and I think that through that there is an argument that you do have to that we do have to acknowledge that, and I think that we do a good job of sort of not making the show about I think because if it was just me and you talking about the films we liked I think that would be one of the most boring things you could possibly listen to for sure for sure yeah I mean no one wants to listen to two white guys talk about film because eventually it's just going to get to I don't know it's just going to get to the same old same old yeah and I think that the fact we can have people on from different so I think one of my one I think one of my favorite things we spoke about was um, with one I think it was someone who I think he's I'm gonna say is it called Matthias? Uh, Matt, my um, yeah housemate, yeah yeah. When we were talking about um, 
the way that comedy is um, used in, uh, was it Czech cinema? Uh, I think we were looking at both Czech cinema and I think Polish cinema yes. he also covered. Yeah, that was it. And that was, because I've never really seen, I've never seen a, a sort of Czech or Polish comedy film. And actually listening to that part of the conversation was actually really interesting to me. And even like, even though I was supposed to be hosting the podcast, I actually kind of got quite into listening to it. I was actually trying to like, put it together in my brain and I sort of had a sort of mind blank as soon as he'd finished talking I was like actually I was really enjoying that I was sort of to me at that point it was like beyond sort of recording a podcast and being like oh this is actually really this would be a really interesting thing for the podcast I was like, actually I'm really interested in listening to this myself and the podcast became kind of secondary to that yeah yeah and I've had a lot of moments like that as well and I, I've learned a lot I've learned a lot through season one uh we've had so many different stories and opinions on the show and of course we do bring up the question oh well what about marvel films and that's kind of you know a running joke but that is a genuine conversation that really reveals people's tastes and i've come away with a newfound appreciation for different genres and different films thanks to a lot of the guests that we've had on yeah i definitely agree with that as well i think that there is definitely that level of sort of looking at things that are that I haven't I, there are definitely things that I have overlooked and there are films that I haven't watched because I've always thought oh it's just a it's just a sort of middling sort of uh, I don't really fancy watching it but then when you hear other people talk about it and sort of what it means to them and the, the thing they get from it you kind of think actually yeah maybe I should give that a go and I don't think it is, it's not to a huge extent if anything I've really massively overlooked but it's just that sort of when you're sort of looking for something to watch on Netflix and you see something else I remember someone talking about that actually I might as well have a look anyway even though perhaps before you weren't going to do it and even just sort of doing that is something that I've definitely gained from the show and I think that broadening your cultural horizons in film is never going to be a bad thing and today you you'll watch things that people said they really enjoyed and you'll watch it and you'll be like no sort of fair middling or you don't really like it that much but i think watching it is there's nothing there's i don't think i think maybe that's my opinion of sort of film maybe more generally is that i don't think you're ever really wasting your time watching a film because there's always something you can get from it even so a few just before I left Manchester, I watched a film at the Manchester International Film Festival. It was called Sweethearts, and it was a German comedy, sort of. It was meant to be like kind of rom-com kind of thing, and it was actually just an offensive mess, and I hated it. But I was really glad I watched it, because that was kind of... That was the kind of... Because um, that was sort of a moment for me where it was like... Because I find it quite difficult to dislike comedy films, because they're just sort of a thing they're sort of comedy yeah comedy's not great but this was one of the first films i've ever watched where i was like this is genuinely sort of offensively bad and that was sort of a defining moment in my appreciation of comedy so i'm really glad that i saw it even though i ended up giving it two out of five stars because it genuinely wasn't very good <laughs> yeah i remember you texting me about that the second you left the <laughs> cinema you were saying that this is awful how am i going to write a review about this but yeah, it's, it's taking away something. You could take something away from every film. We had a, a bit of a um, an experience with that last night. I was watching Enemy. I heard things about it. I'm a fan of Denis Villeneuve. So I had it booted up and ready to go. And I started watching it. And Becca joined me about 15 minutes in. And it's absolutely not the type of film that Becca would enjoy. Becca hates films that are just way too artsy and self-absorbed. And I can respect that because there's a lot of films that I don't enjoy because they're like that. And 
she sat through the whole thing, and once we got to the end, Becca turns to me, he's like, oh, well, what did it all mean? But not in like a, oh, what did it all mean kind of way, but more in a very enthusiastic, let's, let, let, let's talk about this. So we read up theories online, and we realized that this film, not spoil it, but Enemy has so many interpretations to it, and every interpretation is as valid as each other's. Um, we were bringing our own as well, and we had this whole conversation about the meaning of this film. And it was just a whole new experience we've had with film, and it's just wonderful how it worked out. Yeah, yeah, I think that is, I think that's it really, isn't it? I think that sort of encapsulates it as well, is that it's sort of, the more voices you have about certain things, I think the deeper your understanding gets. And so another example from something, a podcast we did, and I think I'm going to mess it up. I can't remember if it was, I think it might have been Georgina who we had on who talked about it, was that she didn't really like Quentin Tarantino films. And I really do like them. And I've never, I've obviously, I've read stuff online about people who sort of slate Quentin Tarantino, but obviously that's not really a forum in which you can go back and forth with it. And I think talking about it on the podcast and sort of listening to her opinions about it and then my own sort of me going talking sort of discussing that that was sort of a moment where i did actually maybe look a bit deeper into some of my thoughts about his films and ever since i have been sort of perhaps not acutely but still definitely aware of that conversation and sort of elements of the conversation i do still look at now when i watch his films and i can appreciate yeah that was that's something that i didn't think about before but now i've talked about it i can see that and i think that definitely has broadened my sort of understanding and this sort of idea of different viewpoints towards his films rather than me to go i really like them because watching pulp fiction was one of the things that got me into film yeah it having conversations in person really changes the experience because online if you're not in an echo chamber say you are in the opposite so you go to a forum where you are up against people who have different opinions you are as i just said up against them it's a very hostile argumentative environment whereas Talking in person, people aren't going to be that defensive. People are going to be more open to listening to your opinions. And it's just such a constructive environment that you can build. And I, we've built that constructive environment, I think. Because, as I mean, I'm just repeating what we've been saying, but the amount of p opinions and new opinions we've had on the show and the way they've changed our own opinions, it's just fantastic. Yeah, I think I'm reminded now of when you um, I think you, you tweeted something about how you didn't like how you got like ten minutes into Watchmen and turned it off, and then your mentions were just full of people who were just calling you an idiot. Yeah, is that, yeah, that, so that's a funny story. I I don't like Zack Snyder's films, and a lot of people don't. And it tends to be an opinion among people who actually know about film. <laughs> they don't like Snyder, but no, gen genuinely, no, it's not a case of you know knowing about film or not. I don't. I just don't like Zack Snyder's films. Um, I read Watchmen over Christmas and loved it. I watched the TV show over January and February and absolutely loved that as well. And then thought, well, I I know the film's different. I'll give it a go. And it was awful. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> and I just tweeted saying that, yeah, it's just, it's, yeah, generally appalling. I rarely have to switch films off. I've only done it a handful of times. And I did. I switched it off. And yeah, I had people in my mentions, just these Zack Snyder fanboys who they dedicate their entire day 
to tweeting and retweeting things about Zack Snyder, pressuring studios to release the Snyder Cut, which is a theory that they have that Zack Snyder has his own cut of films that are about three or four hours long. And that is the real cut of a film. And studios are, are um, suppressing his voice, which is ridiculous. Maybe you need to be reeled in. Anyway, yeah, these people were just, yeah, in my, in my mentions on Twitter, just, it, it wasn't even like constructive debate. It was just ad hominem attacks, just calling me an idiot. And one guy goes, oh, you've got film editor in your bio, but I bet you've never seen an editor, uh, a, a reel of film before. And I replied saying, you realize I edit the film section of a newspaper, not <laughs> films. And he's like, that makes it even funnier. And I was like, well, what? <laughs> <laughs> Too far, I didn't see that one. That one's, that, That's a pretty good one. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I think that is definitely that is that is sort of yeah it is that sort of level of there is there is definitely in the sort of world of film criticism and I'm not saying that we we're, not, we're definitely not a highbrow level of film criticism on film. No, absolutely friends. not. But I think that I think that does work in our favour, and I think that the, the sort of I don't know whether you can even call them debates that we have because they're all very sort of friendly and they're not hostile, and they, they I think. I don't think we've ever really had like an argument on the podcast with anyone really, and I, don't think, I think it would devalue the podcast to say they are even arguments. I think they are just conversations more than anything else, because I don't think we're even coming at it from a position of trying to change people's opinions. We're just trying to have that conversation. I think that letting the sort of the really powerful thing to do with those conversations, and it's one of the reasons why I like um, if you ever watch them on YouTube, the sort of um, roundtable conversations they have. Oh, I love the variety those. do them. And I think the reason why I like them so much is because they are sort of all they're presenting their opinions and they're not trying to change each other's minds. They're just broadening the debate and sort of having that conversation. And then the listener watching or listening to it, they allows them to make their own decisions. And you can also the thing from that is you can pick and choose. You don't have to be ardently one side or the other. You can sort of listen to it, absorb it. And they agree with sort of that person to an extent, but then a little bit of that. And you can sort of come away with it with a much broader viewpoint other than Tobias is an idiot because he doesn't like Zack Snyder. Yeah, yeah, that that that's the way I see it working as well. And the opposite of what I want, so, so my nightmare of a podcast would be for us and our guests to come on with preset notes, having to research about a film to present ideas and defend ideas to the death. Mm. You know, that that would be just hell. <laughs> it's it's genuinely not what we're about. Uh, it's, it's that, it's, it's, it's the round table mentality. You bring your ideas forward, other people listen, and you take them on. Uh, no one's being forced to change their opinion. No one's being forced to give their opinion. Everybody just, you know, we just chat and let it flow. It's just that natural flow that we've got. Yeah, and I think that another strength that we have is that we don't, I don't think we ever try to do, that. we don't try and do the kind of hot take thing where we get people to say things that are what film you like that everyone else hates, just so you can really sort of capitalise on the sort of sensationalised sort of what yeah i think that's the thing i think that there is definitely an art i think we've talked about it on the podcast before or in real life and i think it's that sort of there's that sort of view now that um in the sort of world of fil film writing especially there is uh, a lot to be gained from the sort of contrarian argument where you take a viewpoint and then you present the polar opposite 
And I think sometimes it does work if it's explained well, but there are other times where it comes across as someone taking the sort of contrarian point of view because they know it will benefit them. And I mean, to sort of, and I think it is obviously a thing massively in politics, I think, at the moment, sort of that viewpoint of where you take something that is objectively not a good thing and you try and defend it to the hilt to try and sort of raise sort of some kind of media profile from it. And I think there is definitely an argument to a lesser extent that people do tend to do that around certain things in film journalism or sort of film criticism. And I think that trying to guard against that is sort of one of the most important things that sort of podcasts or publications can do. And one of the publications that I do quite like reading, even though I'm not subscribed to it, so I can only read a couple articles a month, is there's a film website called, um, is it called like Bright uh, Dark Room? Bright, Bright Wall. Bright Dark Room. Bright Wall Dark Room. Yeah. yeah yeah that website and sort of when you look at their sort of submission guidelines and stuff they make a very big point about they're not looking for clickbait or sensationalism they're looking for sort of well-reasoned arguments and it may be contrary to sort of the um, popular viewpoint towards something but it doesn't stray into the area of saying something for the sake of it you know what i mean yeah i don't think i've ever written an article that is the opposite of something just for the sake of it. Like, mm. I, I've never done that. The The only thing I've done which could sound like clickbait was saying that The Italian Job is the greatest film of all time. But to me, it is. To me, it's the greatest film of all time. And I think that, you know, when you read the article, it was only slight exaggeration in the title for, not to sensationalise it, but, you know, make it exciting. But, yeah, I, I that reactionary, polar opposite style of writing is not our presenting ideas, it's not what we do. And not not gonna go political theory on this, but yeah, it's basically the how bipartisanship works, where ideas um, belo- usually belong on a spectrum where you have opposite ideas on each end. And the more you want to disagree with one idea, the more you pull to another extreme, which is why there's such vast divides in political parties. Uh, there's a whole whole, <laughs> whole rabbit hole to go down there with political mm. theory. But yeah, it's a real thing. It's a real phenomenon. So to sort of take it back to sort of what we want out of sort of season two. And I think the first thing that I think the thing that we said when we had the meeting last week about what we were going to do. And then what you put in your um, tweet about trying to get guests on was sort of the idea of going global. And that sort of made me laugh, the idea of it. But I think that sort of touches on what we do want. And that is that we just really, we like the format, but we just want that sort of, we want a wider variety of guests and to just really just explore more stuff. Yeah, yeah. So where this idea came from really was um, about two or three episodes in, my friend Max, who was at the University of Manchester and then moved back to Australia after a semester, he sent me a message saying, I want to be on the show, but I know this might not be possible for you guys. And I said, well, I'll keep you in mind. And the whole time in the back of my head, I've had Max thinking, I want to have Max on the show. I want to have people like Max on the show who live on the other end of the planet, but still have a connection to us. And... I've put out that open call on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and I want to say thank you to everyone who's sent um, us messages, because, yeah, we've got people lined up already for season two. Some people want to return, some people are brand new. Um, But, yeah, we we are going to go a bit more global, go a bit more wide, because we, yeah, we just want more, more 
broad perspectives on the show. I think it would be nice to sort of when we sort of conclude season two, I think it would be good to like go back and sort of go back through some of the episodes. Well, I suppose we can do it through using the forms and maybe like try and make a sort of maybe a letterbox list or something of the sort of the sort of the pick like two films from every episode that people have said they really enjoyed and then try and like create like the uh, films and friends ultimate top 100 films or something. We, we should absolutely do that. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. We, we need to get on that letterbox game, that Films and Friends Letterboxd game. And to you listeners who don't have Letterboxd or don't know what it is, Letterboxd, if you looked it up, it's um an app, a social media platform for film lovers where you can make lists, you can log the films you've watched, you can see other people's reviews. And honestly, it's a, it's a really, really good app. It's It's like Goodreads for film. I keep track of what films I want to watch through um, Letterboxd, and I keep track of what books I want to read for Goodreads. It's my two books and film tracking <laughs> services. And to go back to what you were saying about the guests and season two, returning guests, we were thinking, how are we going to structure these questions how are we gonna go about bringing returning guests on and to be fully honest we haven't decided quite yet (laughs) we've decided that first time guests are going to get the same questions that we've had before because the format just works it's so flexible and it gets a different conversation every time that we don't need a new set of questions for new guests returning guests we might have a couple of standard questions and a couple of questions tailored to the guest. Um, It's just that point in between how accessible the episode can be for first-time listeners. Mm -hmm. Do you have to go back and listen to episode one of this person's uh, uh, appearance? Or can you listen to episode two of their appearance and then go to episode one and it's just two complementing episodes? We're not entirely sure. That's the full transparency. We are, we're working on it. But, yeah, we want to bring people back on because an hour to talk about film isn't, isn't enough. Yeah, I think, um, I, don't think we, I don't think we recorded any podcast where we didn't stop recording. We'll, we'll say, oh, that was really good fun. And then say, oh, yeah, to be fair, like, I could have carried on for another hour. And sort of the list of things that even, like, even if we didn't get them to resubmit forms saying what they wanted to talk about, we could easily get all of the forms back up again and just go through the, like, like I mean, obviously people who are listening don't see the forms that people send us and what we're going to talk about. But for some guests especially, I think some of them, they send us a list of probably about 50 films across the three categories, and then we talk about maybe eight or nine of them. Yeah, some people go very simple and go, I don't like horror. Whereas some people go, oh, I don't like this, 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 that, and this director's work. And of course, that director's work can be, I don't know, eight, ten films. So yeah, we have such a broad uh, basket to pick films from that it really... Yeah, we we have a lot to talk about. I don't think we really either... And also, we don't really run the risk, really, of trying to sort of covering old ground again because there are just there is just that much content to talk about. But I don't think that 
I think well, if even if if we become sort of aware of it while we're doing the podcast, I don't think we would continue the conversation because like ultimately, as well as trying to make the best show possible, we are genuinely interested in what people want to say and we want to give people the best opportunity. I think that was something else we didn't really kind of touch on before about what something we've really enjoyed about the podcast and something I've enjoyed especially is that we don't, it's not like we're kind of doing that kind of, um, we, we, I don't think in, in any of our podcasts we've ever sort of um, sort of set someone up to fail or seen someone was going to talk about a film and then sort of preload questions of sort of the kind of uh, just trying to drop them in it as much as possible. We don't want to do that and I don't think we would ever try and do that and I think that's something that we uh, another yeah as I said one of the, another strengths of the podcast is that we are genuinely interested in what people want to say and we want to give them the best opportunity to get their opinions out there because that's the only way to really move forwards in broadening everyone's understanding and sort of opinions of film yeah it, 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 you need to create a friendly environment mm-hmm. that's just the the main thing we've kind of taken away from it is that creating a friendly environment isn't hard um just don't you know, don't put anyone in a position you wouldn't want to be in yourself. Yeah. That's the main thing you can say. But, yeah, it, we we do pride ourselves on that. Um, I know this episode is just us kind of um, <laughs> praising ourselves. <laughs> but no, but genuinely, if, if, we, if we give ourselves honest feedback, I say that, yeah, our, our strength lies in that, in that friendly environment. Mm-hmm. And to self-criticize... I think where we lack and where we struggle is, as we've touched upon earlier, is the lack of non-representation. Mm-hmm. Even though the idea was to have non-students on the show, we never really got around to it. It just kind of stuck to students. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think that is, I don't think it's, I, you know, I wouldn't go as far as say necessarily our fault for doing that. I think it's more that it was just, it is, it, when we were recording in the studio itself, it was unbelievably convenient to just get people who sort of, so we just knew someone would be like, oh yeah, do you want to come on the podcast? Yeah, when you're free, I'm free between these two hours, what lectures in between, in between just come into the studio, we'll record for an hour and then we can all go to our lectures or whatever. And I think now the sort of the ability to record online and the fact it is really our only option is something that has definitely sort of sparked that idea now of like, actually let's take a step back and realise that we can definitely reach a wider, sort of broader base of people to come on the podcast. And that is something that we should have really been doing all along. And I'm really happy that we now have the opportunity to do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And to even further uh, promote the remote recording and and the the wider recording uh, stage that we have, it also comes down to our personal lives. Uh, I'm graduating in a couple months. I'm finishing my degree at university, and I might be doing a master's, might not, but whatever I'm doing, I'm staying in Manchester, thankfully. But yeah, it once you really stop being a student and you want to keep the show going, you need to adapt with the times. And I don't know what you're doing, uh, Josh. I, 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 I ask I. and forget. No, no. Th- there we go. That was the answer then. That's why I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew. But at least the show will be here. This is this is something we do plan on keep. We we want to keep it going as long as possible. Mm, yeah, definitely. The seasons format works because it allows you to reflect. It allows you to rebuild the show every now and then. But we want to keep it going. I can't actually remember how many episodes we got to. And I think it might be annoyingly nineteen. In season I think one. it's. I think it's nineteen, and this would be episode twenty. 
Ah, that's a. We should. It would have been nicer to get to a round number before we'd finished season one. <laughs> but no, I think it'll be. Um, no, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think. Um, I think it's not going to for people who've listened to a lot of the other podcasts. I don't think it'll be hugely different how it was. I just think it's sort of it'll be a noticeable variety, increased variety of voices on the podcast, and I think that is only ever a positive thing. I could put your mind at rest. I just checked. 20 episodes. 19 guests. The first episode where it was you and me having a chat. 20 episodes. Season 1 is 20 episodes. That is fantastic. Mm. Yeah, no, it is. um, Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, that is is suitably satisfying. So I'm very happy to start Season 2 now. Yeah, and I don't know what else to really cover right now. I think we've we've recapped Season 1 pretty well. Yeah. No, I think, um, yeah, I think going forward, I'm sort of looking forward to keeping this going i think that we're there's still a variety of interesting conversations out there to have and i am looking forward to more of them and that letterbox thing we will actually do i at some point i will go back and sort of look through the lists and we will sort of uh, generate the um films and friends top 100 or something yeah well we will do that we will keep we will say it in some episode we will say it online so if you want to make sure you don't miss the Films and Friends big letterboxed list of lists. Uh, follow us on social media. I'm Tobias Soar on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Josh, what's your at? I am at Josh Sandy on Twitter and at Josh W Sandy on Letterboxd and Instagram. So reach out to us if you want to come on the show for this season. Reach out to us if you have any film recommendations because. Everyone's got a bit more time on their hands to watch films now. And what else can we say is, aside from uh, wash your hands and stay safe? Yep, absolutely. Um, keep listening. There'll be an episode uh, next Tuesday with our first guest of season two. Which is yet to be decided. So uh, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week. Bye. Goodbye, people. Goodbye, people.